Welcome to Souls Harbor's weekly podcast. We believe that God has called us to lead people into a relationship with Jesus Christ, help them grow to be like Jesus, and involve them in reaching lost people. Listen now to this week's message. Hey guys, hope you're all doing well tonight. Thanks for joining us for our Bible study. Uh, Happy Wednesday, I guess it is. I hope you're all doing well. Uh, We're going to wait a few minutes and let people get onto the stream. And uh, say hi to a few of you. I'm watching here, um, trying to keep an eye on who's jumping on. Hi, Mac. I see you're out there. And Brenda, good to have you guys with us tonight. And Joe and Tammy, good to have you all with us this evening. Uh, looking forward to tonight's Bible study. We're going to be looking at Galatians chapters 1 and 2 again this week. Last week, we kind of worked our way through chapter through chapter 1. Uh, I, this uh, idea of getting through two chapters in one week is just uh, crazy. It was more than we could pull off. So uh, kind of looking forward to that tonight. Uh, how are you guys all doing? Give me a thumbs up. Give me a comment. Let me let me hear from you guys a little bit. It's uh, it's rough not being able to see your faces, so I'd love to hear from you tonight. Uh, everybody doing well? I see Brenda's asking uh, or saying, hi, Dennis. Hi, Dennis. Is Dennis on? I haven't got that on my feed yet. Dennis, if you're out there, it's good to uh, have you with us tonight. Uh, hope you're doing well as as well. Wait just a few more minutes and let people get on and see what's going on. Hey, we had our first uh, two services uh, in the same Sunday last Sunday, and uh, I really enjoyed that. Uh, It was definitely a different format than we normally have. Uh, We had a service at um, 9.30 and another one at 11 o'clock, and uh, it went, I I felt like it went pretty smoothly. Uh, I I enjoyed it. I don't know if anybody else did, but I enjoyed it, enjoyed preaching, and somebody mentioned today in our staff meeting, uh, Scotty actually did, he said, um, you know, let me just have a little bit more time to talk to a few more people by having two services. So that was kind of nice uh, as well. Hi, Dennis. Uh, hope you're feeling well, my friend. It's good to see you with us tonight. Joe jumped in. Hi, Joe and Bill. Good to have you guys. Hey, we're going to jump into this tonight. We're going to try to um, get through really a lot, um, but we'll do our very best. And then next week, we're going to jump into chapter three. So if you're with us for this study in Galatians next week, you might want to go ahead and read Uh, chapter 3, and uh, just give you a little bit of a heads up. I'm trying to watch our feed here and see uh, when we actually go live on my Facebook. Uh, I haven't seen it pop up yet, but obviously you guys have. It's funny to watch the lag that takes place here. So, hey, let's jump into this tonight. We're going to pray, and we're going to get into it, and hopefully some more people, I'm sure, will jump in here as uh, we go along. Uh, Let's pray. We want to pray tonight for several needs um, before we get into our Bible study. Of course, Dennis, and uh, hi, Dennis. It's good to have you here, but we want to pray for Dennis as he's uh, recovering from some health issues. Uh, We got a call from Christine this morning, and um, my understanding is she's okay with us just letting everybody know this, and we're going to pray for her son, John Dell. Uh, who has been diagnosed with COVID. Uh, My understanding is he's doing um, fairly well. I mean, there's nothing life-threatening or uh, respiratory, severe respiratory issues going on, but still it's it's something to pray about and it's a serious deal. Uh, Brenda has a family member also dealing with COVID. We want to pray for uh, them tonight. And we want to pray for Jonathan Campbell. It's been good to have Jonathan and Heather uh, join our congregation the last few weeks and uh, meet her mom and dad this last Sunday. But he's got some uh, testing coming up this Friday. So we want to pray for him. And you know what, guys, it would be a great idea, I think, to pray for America right now. Um, You'd have to completely be living in a cave to not realize and see what's going on in our cities and across our country. So, hey, if you guys would uh, join with me in prayer, I would really appreciate it. And uh, let's just take a few minutes and go to the Lord. Heavenly Father, tonight we 
do uh, come to you with these needs. And uh, I, I pray over every one of them. We pray for Dennis tonight. We pray for John Dell. Uh, we pray for Brenda's uh, family member that uh, is, is dealing with COVID. We ask you to touch Dennis, touch John Dale, heal each one of them, Lord, uh, as they need. Uh, we pray tonight also for Jonathan and for his family. We pray that you would, um, as he has tests coming this Friday, we're asking you for favor. We're praying, God, for you to give wisdom to these doctors. Uh, and, and, and Lord, we're just asking for a good report uh, from each and every one of these individuals uh, as, as they progress through this. We pray tonight for our nation. We pray over our country, Lord. It's a time of uh, just everybody's polarized with opinions, and there's violence in the streets, and it's just a horrible time. And we ask, like we do so often, God, take what the enemy means for bad and turn it for good. We pray, God, tonight that you would calm those that are, are um, living on the edge of anger and emotion, uh, those that are turning to violence as a way of um, expressing themselves. And we pray, God, let there be justice done across our nation in all, all corners and all parts. Uh, and we ask you, God, as we've been asking for quite a long time, turn the hearts of this people back to you. Lord, we love you. We thank you tonight. And as we study Galatians, Lord, I ask you to be with us in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, guys, let's jump into this. If you've got your Bibles tonight, and I'm going to try to put a lot of this up on uh, the screen uh, as well. If you've got your Bibles tonight, turn to the book of Galatians. Uh, you can turn to chapter 1, and uh, we're going to dig into this tonight. So the gospel in Galatians. So we're working through Galatians, but we're doing it with a certain uh, framework. We're doing it looking at the gospel, the good news in Galatians. So let's just jump into this tonight, and let's work through it a bit. And um, let me say this first of all, okay? Tonight, a little bit of what I'm going to talk about, and next week as well, um, I need you to stay for the entire series. Okay, and the reason I say that is this what I'm going to talk about tonight is one of those areas, and really throughout this whole series, if all you hear is one week, it's easy to think you're missing the entirety of Scripture. You're missing something really important, Pastor Barry. So you need to stay with me for the entire series because anytime we go to one extreme or another, we set ourselves up for some real error and some real problem. But tonight I'm going to talk about a little bit of one side of things. Tonight I'm going to talk about salvation by by what? That's really the question that this first two weeks is about. What does it take to be saved? What does it take to be born again? What does it take to guarantee that we have a path into heaven? So if tonight you come to the end of this and you think, yeah, Pastor Barry, I just think you're, you're missing something here. Stay with me for the entire series, okay? Uh, it will make a big difference. So I wanted to start out with that tonight. So let's do a little bit of backtracking, just a few minutes, a couple minutes of review here. Let's look at what we discussed last week. What is the gospel? We talk a lot about it. it, it we've got four gospels in the Bible, obviously, but that's not what we're talking about tonight. What is the gospel? And this is a paraphrase, but one way you could say it is the gospel is the good news there is now a way for me to pre be prepared to meet God and step from this life into eternal life rather than eternal death. That is kind of a, a working definition of what the gospel is. The gospel is the good news. I think everybody with a little bit of a church background probably gets that, the, has heard that. The gospel is the good news. But what is that good news? The good news is God has made a way for me to be prepared to meet him and to step from this life into eternal life rather than eternal death. So that's the gospel. So anytime we talk about gospel tonight, I want you to, in your mind to go back to this definition, and we'll, we'll try to do that as we go along. The second thing tonight that I want to talk about for a minute is grace. And you know me, I can't miss an opportunity to bring ice cream into a conversation because it's just such a wonderful blessing from God, right? You all know that. Um, let me tell you a story, okay, and, and see if I can't explain grace to you a little bit. And hopefully this will resonate. 
uh, there was a, a dad who um, had a young son. He was pre-teenage son. Uh, and one day he, he ran, he came across his son and asked his son, son to go and do something. And I don't even know what the something was, but he asked him to go and do something. And very much out of character, the son became very irate and rebellious and, and just told his dad flat, I'm not going to do that. I just refuse to do that. And his dad pushed him as, as any good father would and said, no, that's not really your choice. You are going to do that. And he just steadfastly was rebellious and refused to do it. And finally, the dad said, look, if you're not going to do it, then you go to your room and I'll be up in a few minutes and I'll talk with you and we'll, we'll get this straightened out and, and, and the con you're going to have to live with the consequences. Well, the son um, turned around and dropped his head and walked up to his bedroom. And the dad thought for a little bit and a little bit later, he finally went up to the boy's room and went in. And when he came in, the boy's come, his entire demeanor and attitude had changed. And it was no longer one of um, rebellion. It was one of repentance. It was one of sorrow. It was one of, I'm sorry, dad. And he said, dad, with tears in his eyes, tears running down his face, he said, dad, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't want the spanking that I know I deserve. I, I'm sorry. Um, apparently dad believed in corporal punishment of some kind. And he said, dad, I'm sorry. And with tears in his eyes, he was very, uh, very sorrowful. And, um, we're, we're told, or, or the story goes on that the dad looked at him and when he saw his son with a broken heart, it just broke his heart. And, uh, as he stood there and looked at his son, he said, son, you understand what you did is wrong. And yes, dad, I, I understand that. And his dad, after talking with him, he said, listen, come here, put his arms out and gave his son a big hug. And uh, didn't give him the the punishment, that the discipline that he had earned, that he deserved. Now that's a that's an illustration tonight, not of grace. That's actually an illustration of mercy. God, the, the the man didn't give his son what he deserved. And when God extends mercy to us, it means he's not giving us what we deserve. But here's the rest of the story. Let me pull a Paul Harvey on you guys that know who Paul Harvey is. Here's the rest of the story. The man left his son's room. His son stayed in the room. And the man went back downstairs and went into his bedroom where his wife was. And his wife asked him what was going on. And he explained to her that the whole situation and everything had happened. And just as he was finishing the explanation to his wife, he saw sitting on the dresser uh, a stack of quarters. And he looked at his wife. He said, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to take those quarters and I'm going to get my son and I'm going to take him down the street and we're going to go have ice cream. Now there is grace. Because what his dad was doing now was, it wasn't a matter of, I'm not going to give him what he deserves, punishment. He said, I'm going to give him something he hasn't earned and something he doesn't deserve. And I'm going to give it to him because I love him. And, it, and, and, he, and his wife looked at him and said, that really is, that's grace. And I hope tonight that helps you with understanding what we're talking about when we talk about the gospel of grace. It's a gospel that says God gives to us what we have not earned and what we have not deserved. Let me give you a couple other examples here because I really want you to get a, a, a hand and a heartbeat tonight on grace. Uh, these are a few things that I, I pulled from some different resources, but grace is, it, it can be uh, looked at this way. Grace uh, can be seen as God's riches at Christ's expense. We're saved by grace and not by works. And that's why the gospel is such good news. Because if we had to depend on works, none of us could ever make it and none of us could ever be sure if we'd done enough good works to save ourselves. It was free. That is an example of grace. And one way you can always remember grace, God's riches at Christ's expense. Let me give you a couple other examples tonight. Two birthdays. Here's an example from Scripture. Um, we don't think of it in terms of grace many times, but, but, but it's a good example. Jesus said that we must be born again. Uh, to enter into the kingdom of heaven, we must be born again. So think about grace in these terms. Um, if we're born from above, 
uh, just like our birth here on this earth, we can't boast about it. That would be like bragging about our birth. And the reality is our birth, your birth, my birth, it had nothing to do with us. We didn't plan it. We didn't decide who, when it was going to happen or who we were going to be born to. It's completely outside of our control. It was beyond our ability to, to handle or to deal with or to have any responsibility for. Uh, we didn't even exist at the time. But God has always existed and has planned our birth and our rebirth from the beginning. Uh, so I, I hope you get this. I hope you understand this. There's nothing we did to earn it. This is grace. Nor could we ever do anything to earn it. This is grace. The only thing we can really do is to repent and trust in Christ because now we're talking about not born biologically, but being born again. The only thing we can do is trust in Christ. But even here, we can't truly come to Jesus, according to John 6, unless the Father draws us. Grace. This is grace. Another example, raising Lazarus from the dead. Lazarus had been dead for four days, and there's no possible way he could have raised himself to life, uh, nor, nor could any of his families. But when Jesus showed up, he raised Lazarus from the dead. Now think about this with me. Lazarus didn't contribute anything to his resurrection, nothing whatsoever. Jesus didn't go to Lazarus and say, Lazarus, uh, open an eye, blink an eye, move a finger, just put a lot of energy, a lot of effort into this, and then you will be, um, you will have done your part and I will raise you from the dead. None of that happened. Uh, Lazarus had nothing to do with being raised from the dead. And, and, and the analogy is this, Paul reminds us that we were dead in trespasses and sin. And even when we were dead in our trespasses, he made us alive together with Christ by grace. We didn't do anything to earn it. We didn't do anything to get there. We are saved by grace, and dead men don't choose Christ. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So I hope that gives you a little bit of an idea of this thing of grace. And tonight we want to jump into Galatians and uh, we want to talk a little bit about what Paul has to say about Galatians. I'm looking at my feed here to see, because uh, I can I can follow the comments a little better on the feed than I can with my other resource here tonight. And I don't know if I'm going to get that up or not. So let's see. You guys hang with me there for just a second. And I got the spinning circle thing going on. So that's not going to get me anywhere. So that's okay. So let's talk tonight a little bit about grace and about Paul's idea of the gospel of grace. Let's look at this part one, the idea of grace. Awesome. I just lost you guys. Hang tight just a minute there. There we go. Too many buttons to push. Um, Galatians 1.6, if you've got your, your, your Bibles there and you're looking at us, uh, looking at them with us, Paul made this statement in Galatians 1.6. He said, I'm astonished that you are so quickly deserting him who called you in the grace of Christ and turning to a different gospel. So what we see here, and this is what we hit on last week, is Paul was really flabbergasted. I don't know if that's a word you guys use or not, but he was really astonished that um, the Galatians were going to a different gospel. It was a different gospel than this gospel of grace tonight that we're talking about. Uh, and, and we see that defined in Galatians 1.6. It's the gospel of grace and... Now, I want you guys to see this, okay? Because the gospel of grace and says this, we are saved by grace and something else. We are saved by grace and the law. We are saved by grace and living a certain lifestyle. We are saved by grace and doing this or and doing that. And it's the gospel of grace and. And the gospel of grace and, according to Galatians, 
uh, is a different gospel. It's not the gospel of Paul. It's not the gospel of Jesus Christ. So I, I want you guys to see this tonight. And here's the thing. Here's, here's part of why I want you to see this tonight. There is always a temptation, and you're going to see tonight as we dig into this, it's not just something with modern day Christians. It, it, we're going to go all the way back to first century in the book of Galatians, in the book of Acts. We're going to see that this temptation towards making the gospel, the gospel and, or the gospel of grace and is something that we always struggle with a bit. It's a temptation towards the gospel of grace and that we always have to deal with. And before we dig into what that looks like, I, w I want to read this verse to you, verse nine. I want you to see this. And I, and we, we often read over this and just kind of gloss over what, over it. But Paul, he, he's talking in Galatians, he says this, if anyone is preaching to you a gospel contrary to the one you received, gospel of grace, let him be accursed. Now, we just kind of take that as, a, um, uh, you know, Paul saying, uh, may you feel bad, may things go bad for you. But I'm going to tell you, Paul, I believe, meant that more in a literal sense. May you literally be accursed. Now, here's the reason I bring that up tonight, because if we are all tempted to fall into um, preaching or teaching or believing or encouraging a gospel of grace and, then this proclamation applies not only to the first century people who were doing this, but it applies to us. And we need to take this seriously. We need to be careful that whatever we do, whatever we proclaim, whatever we, we put out there is not us trying to put out a gospel of grace and, because according to Paul, we risk being accursed. So let's look at Paul's um, story in Galatians. And we're going to jump into two. That, that's a little bit of a catch up with where we were last week. So let's jump into Galatians tonight and uh, see if we can read this a little bit and, and look at this a little bit. Um, Paul tells us in chapter 2, After 14 years, I, Paul, went up again to Jerusalem with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. Uh, and I set before them, them being the apostles and the other leaders in the church in Jerusalem, I set before them the gospel that I proclaimed among the Gentiles in order to make sure I was not running or had not run in vain. Now, now understand what's going on here, okay? Because we're going to see something that I don't think a lot of us really appreciate or realize uh, going on in the early church. We think this whole idea of denominations and Christians not getting along and people disputing is something new to the, the modern era. Well, let's, let's just look at this a, a little bit, okay? So Paul says, for 14 years, I preached this gospel of grace. For 14 years, I proclaimed the gospel. And after 14 years, and, and I didn't put it in this passage here, but at, because of Revelation, something happened. He said, I went up to Jerusalem. I went up to the center of Christianity's birth uh, with Barnabas, taking Titus along with me. And I set before them the, 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 the substantial pillars of the church, Peter, James, and John, and others. I set before them the gospel that I proclaimed among the Gentiles because he says, I wanted to make sure that I wasn't running or had not run in vain, that what I was doing was right. So we see Paul after 14 years, he spent three years in the desert. We looked at last week, three years he spent trying to get his mind around this thing of the gospel with Jesus in the center of it, opposed to everything he'd ever been taught, ever believed before, three years in the desert. And then for 14 years, he preached it. And now he's gone up to Jerusalem. So look at this with me. He says this in verse three of chapter two, Titus, who was with me, was not forced to be circumcised, though he was a Greek. We did not yield in submission even for a moment so that the truth of the gospel might be preserved for you. And those who seemed influential, so that would be Peter, James, and John, the, 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 the original 12, 
uh, and other uh, significant members of the church, those who seemed influential, influential added nothing to me. In other words, they didn't come along and say, okay, Paul, we like what you're preaching, but we're going to add to that. We're going to give this something else. We don't think you're quite there. We think you're, you're preaching a gospel that's not quite complete. He says, they didn't add anything to me. On the contrary, verse 7, James and Cephas, which is Peter, James and Peter and John, who seemed to be pillars, gave the right hand of fellowship to Barnabas and me that we should go to the Gentiles and they to the circumcised. So he's saying, look, after 14 years of preaching this gospel, I went down to Jerusalem and I presented what I was preaching to to the, the pillars of the church, James, Peter, and John, and they gave me the right hand of fellowship. They didn't add anything to me. They said, this is awesome. This is great. You go to the Gentiles. We're going to go to the Jewish people, and let, let's bring the kingdom of God together. So we see that. But then we get into this thing of the gospel of grace and, and here's where it gets interesting. Uh, here's the other gospel, and here's where another gospel comes in. Now, first of all, I need you to understand something, okay? What is the and in the context of Galatians. The burning issues in Galatia, the and that we're talking about were circumcision, feast days, and food laws, all of which were external rites or ceremonies called for by the law of Moses. It was parts of the Mosaic law. Uh, circumcision, feast days, and food laws. Paul, his contention, his argument in Galatians is um, he's contending for the grace of God as over against grace or salvation by human merit. In other words, we're never going to be good enough. He says good enough doesn't get it. Living up to the law doesn't get it. And we don't want to tack that on to this thing of the gospel of grace. So when Paul in the previous verse that we looked at a few verses back says, let's see if we can get to this. He says, Titus who was with me was not forced to be circumcised. That's what he's talking about. Titus, there were those in, in apparently in Jerusalem that said, look, if you want to be right with God, if you want to be prepared to move from this life to the next life, gospel. He said, then then this man Titus, who is a Gentile, he needs to be circumcised. And Paul says, we refuted that. We refused that. We did not succumb to that. We did not let anybody add to the gospel of grace. It never became the gospel of grace and. And Peter, James, and John supported us in that. And we go on and read then afterwards um, why, well, let me, so let me, let me change directions here for a minute, okay? We're, we're going to look at their, their later response. But let me ask you this. Why do I care? Because you may be out there, and let me just stop right here and take a break for a minute uh, you, and make sure you guys are still with me. Uh, I haven't seen any movement in our comments for a while, and I don't know if that's because I'm not getting the feed or not. Um, but give me a thumbs up if you're out there. If you're still hanging with me, let me hear you. Let me see you. Let me know. I uh, would love to see a little bit of feedback here for a second. And uh, I am I love Facebook. It's awesome. Um because I just can't get the feed whatsoever right now. But I'd love to see from you guys if you're out there. Give me a comment. Let me know you're still with me. Let me know you're still out there. I, I would love to see it. I think if you weren't, my wife would probably come up and tell me uh, that you're not, uh, that I had dropped off. But right now I'm getting no feedback. So I'm going to take a minute and see if I can, can uh, get that to happen. I want to make sure that I haven't uh, had you guys... Uh, haven't gone too far too fast for you here. All right. Joe's still here. Thank you, Joe. You're the best, man. Uh, <laughs> and we've got Lexi. Hi, Lexi. Good to have you with us tonight as well. And I'm still not getting the feed. I just get the name. So, hey, we're going to keep moving forward. I hope you all are with me. Why do I care? Now, listen, we're talking about some deep stuff tonight. We're talking about some stuff that's not just... This, this isn't... This isn't... Um, 
beginning um, Christianity 101. This is this is the deeper stuff of of, of Scripture. Okay, so hang with me. Hang, I I know it's not uh, it's not razzle dazzle. Hey, let's all get really excited. But this is the this is the foundation of why we believe what we believe. This is a foundation of why I'm confident I'm going to heaven. This is the foundation of what we present and we proclaim to people. Okay, so why do I care? We are not any longer about the Mosaic Law. I doubt anybody here has ever really thought about circumcision or dietary issues or any of those things, the Mosaic Law, when it comes to what does it take to be saved. So why do we care? Well, there's another form of law I want to take a minute and do a little sidetrack here with you all, because I want you to see this, because this is the law in the 21st century that we struggle with. And it's called the natural law, and it comes from Romans chapter 2. Again, this is Paul talking. Uh, and he says this, for when the when Gentiles, that's us if you don't know, who do not have the law, the Mosaic law, by nature do what the law requires, they are a law even to themselves. Even though they do not have the Mosaic law, they show that the work of the law is written on their hearts, while their conscience also bears witness and their conflicting thoughts accuse or even excuse them. On that day when, according to my gospel, God judges the secrets of men by Christ Jesus. that The natural law, the law of nature, what that is, what Paul describes that as here in Romans chapter 2 is basically this. Even though we weren't given um, formally the Ten Commandments as Gentiles, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not commit adultery, thou shalt not lie, all, all of those things or bear false witness, most men and, 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 and mankind have the basics written on their heart. You, don't, you, you can go to any culture, any civilization around the world at any time, and pretty consistently it's believed that murder is wrong. Murder is evil. Murder is inappropriate. And, and what Paul is saying is the Gentiles, even though they were never given the Ten Commandments and the formal Mosaic Law, they have a law which is a natural law. So here's where I find us running into issues today. It's not that we say the gospel is grace and we and the Mosaic law. We tend to as Christians say if you if you want to be born again, you've got to become a follower of Christ through grace, but then we want to tack on and. And that and for us doesn't become a matter of Mosaic law, it becomes a matter of whatever that natural law is in us. And many times it goes back to our history, our tradition. If you're going to be a Christian, if you're going to give your life to Christ, if Jesus is really going to set you free from sin, if you're really going to be assured that you're going to heaven, then you have to be saved by grace and live a certain lifestyle based on the natural law, based on tradition, based on whatever. And I would say with Paul in this, and, and this is the part I need you all to hang with me through this entire series, because this could be abused. I get that. But it is what it is, and it's the truth. We are saved by grace, period. We're saved by grace, stop. We're saved by grace, that's it. It's not saved by grace and live up to these standards. Now, we're going to talk about in weeks to come, what does it look like to grow in Christ? What does it look like to become Christ? What does it look like to become mature? Um, we're going to talk about those things and, 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 and in depth and other pieces of this, the other side of this. But for tonight, let's get this established. This is salvation by grace, period. And remember this temptation towards the gospel of grace and. And remember tonight as we look at this, if anyone's preaching to you a gospel or we're preaching a gospel contrary to the one we, we received or, or that was received from Paul, let him be accursed. Let's look at this. What happens to Paul uh, in the first century? 
Uh, remember the issue in Galatians? It was circumcision, feast days, and food laws, rites or ceremonies of the Mosaic law. So we get down into chapter 2, and this look at this. You think that church disagreements are only modern-day things? Verse 11, but when Cephas, or Caiaphas, which is Peter, came to Antioch, Paul says, I opposed him. Now, I don't know about you all, but that sounds like a church fight. When, when P, between Peter and Paul, we, we don't think in those terms, but it's there. But when Caiaphas came to Antioch, Paul says, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, so now James is involved in this, he was eating with the Gentiles, but when they came, he drew back and separated himself, fearing the circumcision party. Do you understand what's happening here? Peter comes to Antioch, where Paul's preaching to the Gentiles, and when he comes, uh, all of a sudden, he steps back and says, I'm not going to break the food laws, uh, the Mosaic law that says I can't eat with Gentiles. And even more so when James, who, remember, they had all approved Paul's gospel of grace, now they're, they're changing their minds. It's a change of heart. Now they're saying, all of a sudden, if you want to be right with God, you have to be saved by grace and keep the food laws, keep your distance, because there were those in Jerusalem that were pushing for this. He goes on and he says, it got so bad that the rest of the Jews acted hypocritically along with Caiaphas or Peter, so that even Barnabas was led astray by their hypocrisy. Do you see the poison pill, the seed that is planted whenever we make it a matter of grace and because my and is going to be different than your and and my and somebody else is going to take. And pretty soon we've piled up a whole list of things for people that, hey, if you want to be a Christian, if you want to give your life to Christ, that's awesome. Do that. And, and you're saved by grace. Oh, yeah, but and I need you to do this and you will need to do that. And if you really want to be saved, you're going to add this to it. And it becomes a very slippery, dangerous slope that we fall on. Let's look at this application. He says this in Galatians 2.14, But when I saw that their conduct was not in step with the truth of the gospel, I said to Caiaphas before them all, If you, though a Jew... Now, now, now I need you to think this through with me, okay? If you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, how can you force the Gentiles to live like Jews? If you, though a Jew, or somebody who is, is, is supposedly uh, a person of faith and a person, a, a, a child of Abraham, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile, not a sinner, if you, though a Jew, live like a Gentile and not like a Jew, he's talking to Peter, how can you force the Gentiles to live like the Jews? In other words, Peter, you yourself don't live like a Jew. Um, you live like a Gentile, yet you're telling the Gentiles that they've got to live in a different way. And, and let me paraphrase this for us in our modern world, okay? If I, as a mature believer, don't live up to the things I know by nature are right, how can I expect a new Christian to live up to those same things? Do you understand what I'm saying tonight? If I, as a mature believer, I've been saved for quite some time. If I, as a mature believer, myself can't live up, don't live up to the things that I know by nature are right, how can I expect a new Christian to live up to those things? And you say, but Pastor Barry, I don't sin. Well, let me challenge you a little bit on that, okay? Let me just give you throw, throw a few things out there for you to think about um, if you take that, that stance. Matthew says this, You've heard that it was said to those of old, You shall not murder, and whoever murders will be liable to the judgment. But I say to you that everyone who is angry with his brother will be liable to judgment. Whoever insults his brother will be liable to the council, and whoever says you fool will be liable to the hell of fire. So this is my question to you. Have you ever had a time where you were angry with your brother? If you have, you sinned. We all sin. Have you ever insulted your brother? 
says you'll be liable to the council to to judgment from from those within. So just before we get too sanctimonious or too righteous, maybe we need to step back and realize that even we who do our best to serve Christ by faith, we're saved by faith and, and grace. Even we have moments in our lives where we don't live up to the law. And remember this, scripture teaches us that talking about the Mosaic law, if you break one law, if you break the law in one place, then according to Jesus himself, you've broken it in all places. And I believe that applies to the natural law. If we're not living a life of perfection, then we have to be careful of not being one who wants to attribute salvation to grace and, because we ourselves can't live up to that standard. So why are we asking a brand new Christian to live up to it? Let me give you a couple more. Verse 17 of James chapter 4. So whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, what does it say? For him, it is sin. Have you ever known the right thing to do and failed to do it? Because if I take James seriously, in that moment, I myself have sinned. Even though I am saved by grace, I've allowed sin to slip in. How about Galatians 5.14, for the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. And I would dare say there's not a person out there that has, had, has, has not had a moment somewhere along the way where you did not treat your neighbor as yourself. You, We all struggle with this. For the whole law is fulfilled in one word. You shall love your neighbor as yourself. So I, I, I say those things tonight to say this. We ourselves cannot live up to this natural law. So we have to make sure that we don't try to start stacking on to salvation by grace the things that we know a mature believer ought to have for those that are new in Christ. Now listen, you may say, Pastor Barry, you're just giving people a free ride. They can call themselves saved and they can think they're going to heaven and they can live their life any way they want to. Well, that's the extreme. And that's what we'll be working uh, through and against in the next two or three or four weeks. So that's why I say you've got to stay with me for this whole series. Galatians 2.16, as I begin to bring this to a close tonight, uh, Paul says, we know that a person is not justified by works of the law, Mosaic law or natural law, but through faith in Jesus Christ. Okay, Paul says that we're not saved by works of the law. You're never going to be saved by works of the law. So we also have believed in Christ Jesus in order to be justified by faith in Christ and not by works of the law, because by works of the law, no one will be justified. So we guard the gospel. We are saved by grace. Not grace and, not grace and our version of the law, not grace and works, not grace and our version of lifestyle. We are saved by grace. You show me any person that sincerely in their heart decides, you know what? The Holy Spirit's tugging on my heart and I want things right with God. And they ask Christ Jesus to forgive them of their sins and live in their heart. Um, I don't care what their lifestyle is tomorrow. Now hear me on this. I don't care what their lifestyle is in the next moment. If they've sincerely surrendered their life to Christ, they are saved. And let's not tell them any different. It is salvation by grace, period. Now we can talk about what if they're still living a lifestyle that is immoral a, a day later, a week later, a month later, a year later. Well, that's a conversation for the next few weeks and it's a really important conversation to have. But let's make sure we don't stack on top of grace, grace and, because we run our, ourselves in a place of being accursed. Let me finish with this, and, and Paul does this. He ends chapter 2 with this. I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the life that I now live in the flesh, and, and I put the word body in there because in this context, that's what Paul's referring to. And the life I now live in the body I, I still deal with a body, you still deal with a body that has temptations and desires, that we all do our best to 
push aside by and by with God's help we we grow to do that but I still live in a body that is sin cursed and I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me I will not nullify the grace of God for if righteousness now get this if righteousness were through the law through obeying the law doing good then Christ died for no purpose so let's not make this a gospel of grace and that's where I want to end tonight um, Again, I, I know some of what I taught today maybe is uh, unusual for you. Maybe it, you feel like, Pastor Barry, you, you really got to talk about righteousness and sin. And again, I just say, stay with us, okay? Um, you, you can't pull one week out of this, one chapter out of Galatians, and appreciate all that Paul says or the entirety of the gospel in Galatians. You'll miss so much real stuff that will not only help you be saved and lead others to Christ, but also will help you in your growth and your maturity. So next week, what we're going to talk about, if grace saves me, then what perfects me? If grace is what saves me, what helps me become more like Christ? If grace saves me, what helps me to grow up and mature? When I'm born again, it's just like being physically born. When I'm born, I start out as a child and as a baby. And honestly, babies do some pretty funny, silly, um, and forgive me for being blunt, but even dumb things because they're babies. We expect them to. That's why it's cute. Okay. They just do silly things. They don't know. Um, they just don't know. And that's okay because they're babies. But if grace saves me, they have, they have to mature. And for us, if grace saves me, then what perfects me or matures me? Because as a Christian who's saved by grace, I can't stay there. I can't stay just living in grace. So if grace saves me, what perfects me? And that's where we're going to go next week. Um, hope you guys will come back and join us. Next week, as uh, we continue on in this series in Galatians, I'm looking at my clock here. It's about five minutes after or so. Hey, guys, thank you so much for being a part tonight. I, I hope that um, helps you tonight. I hope it helped you understand uh, the idea of salvation and how you have gotten saved. And, and maybe you're on this feed tonight and you yourself haven't got a relationship with Jesus Christ. And part of what's held you back is you felt like, you know what, I've got to live a certain lifestyle and I'm just not willing to do that. So let me challenge you tonight, if that's you, um, to do this. If if the Holy Spirit's pulling at your heart, you know you need to be right with God, then do this. Get right with God. Get saved by grace. God's grace. God gives you something that you don't deserve. He extends to you forgiveness and salvation and Christ's death on the cross paying for your sins. You didn't deserve it. You didn't do anything for it. He extends to you salvation by grace. And start there. You say, yeah, but Pastor Barry, I know I've got to live this life, and I know I've got to live that life, and I know I've got to do this, and I know I've got to give up that. Well, let's start with salvation by grace, and then let the Holy Spirit begin to work on you and change you from the inside out. Because here's, here's what I promise you will happen, okay? I've watched it. I've experienced it. I've lived it. I've seen it. I know it. If I get saved by grace, that's the first step. And I think to myself, I can't take the first step because I can't take the, the second step, which is to change my lifestyle and don't do this, do do this. But what I found out is when I give my life to Christ and I'm saved by grace, something happens to me. The Holy Spirit comes and takes up residence in me. Jesus comes and begins a relationship with me. And all of a sudden, the things that I thought before I was saved by grace, I thought I couldn't do. I thought I couldn't give up this or I thought I couldn't change that. All of a sudden, after I find myself saved by grace for a little bit of time, I come to realize the things I used to want to do, I don't want to do anymore. The things that I used to hate to do um, that are good for me, now all of a sudden I want to do them. And, and that's the revolution that God does inside the life of a believer. And that's why I say, and I'm so adamant with Paul, 
Let's not make it saved by grace and, because we've got a lot of people out there. Maybe I'm talking to somebody tonight. We've got a lot of people out there that will not become Christians because they're convinced that in order to be a Christian, they've got to be saved by grace and. Forget the and. Get saved by grace and then let Christ work in you and mature you and grow you and change you. And the thing is, when Christ changes you, you want to be changed. The change that happens isn't something that he comes in with a, a fist and makes change. It's something that he changes you from the inside out. You wake up one day and you realize, yeah, I don't want that anymore. Uh, let me close with this story and uh, we're going to let you go. I promise. I remember Pastor Duke telling this story and I'll probably share it here in a few weeks because I thought the other day about it and I uh, thought that'll really apply in like week three. But he uh, had a radio show uh, radio show years ago, and I don't remember where he was. I don't know. I'm thinking maybe Lagodi when he pastored there. But he, he got on the radio um, broadcast one day. It was just a little short show, as I recall. And he said, <clears throat> I want you all to know that I uh, smoke all the, the cigars and drink all the whiskey and chase all the women that I want to. Some of you will remember this story. And then the um, then they went to commercial break. Well, there are people out there listening to that, knowing he's a pastor, knowing he's a preacher, and their mouth fell open. What? What happened to him? And then he came back after the commercial break, and he said this. He said, but I no longer want to. God changed my want-tos. And that's what I'm saying to you tonight. Get saved by grace and let God change your want-tos. And we'll end with that. Love you guys. Have an awesome week. It's good to talk with you tonight. Um, so good to see many of you this past Sunday and uh, looking forward to the day some of the rest can be here. And those of you that have been online with us with Facebook uh, on Wednesdays and Sundays, man, it is just good to have you out there as well. And uh, feel free to reach out to me if you're not a friend. Send me a friend request and shoot a message once in a while and just say hi uh, when you feel like it. I uh, would love to meet you. would love to talk to you. would love to know who you are and where you are and, um, and just get to build a friendship with you. And if you have a prayer need, let us know that as well. Hey, God bless. Uh, it's been a pleasure to be with you tonight. Uh, look forward to next week. Have a great week. Talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to this week's podcast. If you're looking for a church home or are interested in what God is doing through Souls Harbor, visit us at www.soulsharborag.com. If you have an encouraging story of what God has done in your life through these podcasts, please share it with us at sharbor at indy.rr.com.